You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, Ethan. How you doing? I feel good. You feel good. That's, I feel good. That's good. I feel good. I was thinking that. I was thinking I was thinking that, yeah. Isn't it amazing how these cultural artifacts can hijack our brains? <laughs> so like you just all you have to do is say a word or a phrase yeah. and suddenly you're thinking of a song or a movie or it's a true. piece of art. That's wild. It's kind of neat. I kind of love that. Associations and the brain. It's wild. The human mind. The human mind. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, How are yeah. you? I'm really good. I was almost late getting here because I had to make that coffee. Got to make the coffee. Haven't mentioned it in a while on the podcast. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> it was delicious. I'm back on the off-grid. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I uh, I still just really love going back to that. I, I don't know what it is. I liked the off-grid? Yeah, I remember you saying it. But it, it was, was like, too, a little too earthy for me or yeah. something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Like, not, I wouldn't be sad mm-hmm. to drink it again, but it wouldn't be the one that I'd be as quick to go back to. Yeah. The one that I'm drinking right now, which I cannot think of the name of it, <sighs> which is terrible. That's atrocious. But it is the first blend in a long time that I'm like, I need to mark this down because I will Ooh, go back to this. Nice. It is nice, really nice, good. Nice. I need to I, I remember what I, it is. Unsurprisingly, I have a running list of every single one that I order. I don't, I don't really know why I'm doing this. Maybe for fun, question mark, <laughs> air quotes. Um, so you can know what you want later. Well, yeah. And, and like part of it is I, I, I also mark reorders because it, uh, it's slightly interesting to me to look back and see what I've had the most mm-hmm. um, or like my top picks over time that you kind of tend to forget maybe. Yeah, for sure. And then if I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. Like look at the design of the bag and the name and the roast. It sounds good. Have I had it before? And then I actually know if I've had it before and just simply forgot about it. Because if that's the case, it must not have been that great. <laughs> but um, yeah. That's brilliant. I love it. Mm. Well, speaking of marking and writing things down. Unintentional segue? What? We never do that. <laughs> no, something I deal with uh, occasionally when I'm talking to folks is the question about writing and marking in our Bibles, uh. our copies of the Holy Scriptures. Yeah. Namely, what I deal with is, one, should we do it at all? <laughs> okay. And two, if we do, what should we write and how should we go about doing it? Yeah, well, you know... I definitely remember having a certain hesitancy about doing this myself, probably Mm -hmm. maybe not for the same reasons, not for like moral or theological reasons, (laughs) more like there's a limited amount of paper real estate here. (laughs) And I don't know if I want my pseudo deep questions. Or, you know, like <laughs> emphasizing to take that up, especially especially when you come back like two years later and think, who who is writing this idiot nonsense? <laughs> oh, it's me. And then you're just embarrassed because you're like, what was I thinking? It's like, I was the one. <laughs> yeah. Behold, thou art the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt that. I felt mm. that. Um, yeah. I, it's funny because I, you, you have that on the one hand and then sometimes what I'm dealing with with people is they like feel like it is immoral. Right. Like they're somehow like desecrating. Right. Right. Just like you're the word of God. Like I'm your... just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I will put all my cards on the table right up front and say that I am in favor of this practice mm. of uh, marking and and writing in your Bible. And I am myself, in fact. A practitioner. You don't say. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And and I was kind of, you know, I'm making light of, you know, the fact people feel like sure. moral <laughs> desecration, you know, <laughs> doing this. I do understand why some people feel leery about mm. this. 
Because, I mean, when we're talking about the scripture, we do. We talk about in terms of this is the very word of God, which mm-hmm. is true. So I can understand why some people feel like they are desecrating the scriptures by marking in their Bible. So let me start this conversation by saying this. It is not the ink and the paper that actually ontologically comprises the word of God, mm. right? Letters and words are symbols, mm. right? They are signposts, if you will, pointing us to the reality which they symbolize, right? So, like, you think about, like, if you wrote your name down on a piece of paper, you right. wrote Ethan Bolton, that, those letters and that ink, that's like, that's not who you, that's not you. Oh, right, exactly. Right? In fact, there are, there's more than one of that name yeah. in the world Right, somewhere. that could be referring to any number of people, but I know when you write it, mm. And you, like, if you wrote your name on a, you know, a letter to me mm-hmm. and you signed it, Ethan Bolton. You're like, oh, this is probably the Ethan from Singapore. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but no, I know that those letters and those symbols all strung together refer mm-hmm. to you and that there is a message from you and that I'm concerned about the reality of the message you sent me mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that the letters Ethan Bolton put together refer to you as right. a person. So This might be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but this actually makes me think if you were caught up on this, it even, I think, begs complicated questions about different translations. It does, yes. So, and the yeah. fact that like, oh, well, now here's something. <laughs> Let me unsettle you with this real quick. <laughs> and we might have to do a podcast about it later because I'm afraid, I'm afraid saying this will do the wrong thing. But like, when you think about it, Jesus most likely spoke in Aramaic most of the time. Mm-hmm. That was probably just the language he spoke most sure. often in day-to-day conversation. The New Testament is written in Greek. Yes. And that means that we, like... There's already a translation. Yeah, there's already a translation happening. From um, the get-go. From the get-go. Yeah. So the point is is not to be freaked out by that. The point is that the words are pointing us to a reality. That's what we're concerned about. Sure. So... In other words, God would exist whether we had a word for him or not, right? He would exist. And uh, he is who he is, whether we call him God or Yahweh or Jehovah or El Shaddai or Elohim or Jesus Christ, right? He is who he is. Those names and words help us know him and see him and understand him, but he does exist apart from them, if that makes sense. He he exists independent of them. Now, I also want to say that we need to treat those names, right? And this is where you get the tension. It's like, we need to treat those names with respect, yeah. right? Like treat the words insofar as you're treating the reality with respect. It, it's not licensed to then be casual about everything and write it off because, oh, it's yeah. just our language as a description of the reality. Exactly. Because words have meaning and they exactly. do refer to realities. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like in the Lord's Prayer, I was reading about that this morning. Jesus says, pray our Father who art in heaven. I'm quoting the King James, of course, because that's just what we know. It just flows off the tongue. But our Father, mm-hmm. right? So that's that's a specific referent. So like we can't we cannot under those circumstances just decide to go like, well, I'm going to pray to our mother because you know, <laughs> like I'm referring to the same person. Like, well, I understand what you're saying. However, Jesus gave us those words. God gave us words, and as faithful as we can be to the reality and essence of those words, we have to reflect that. Yeah. So all that being said. If your conscience won't give you any reprieve, like I do know somebody that genuinely, they just like, they can't get over that hump of like marking their Bible. If your conscience is going to bother you about it, just like, don't do it then. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to like convince you to sin against your conscience and do that. Like, you don't have to do that. But for those of us who do want to write in our Bibles and mark insights and write down questions, I have a few, a few words and suggestions that I think can really help deepen your interaction with the scriptures and help you feast on the word of God more deeply than perhaps you have before. And also one other thing to those who really feel like they can't do this, but yet they're like, 
well, like I kind of would be open to it, maybe. Crossway sells these awesome illuminated scripture journals. And what they'll do is like their individual books. So mm-hmm. like you get like the Gospel of John, for instance, oh, just okay. a little Gospel of John. And on one page is the text. And then on the opposite page is a blank page to journal on. It's actually a dotted grid page, which I like. I like yeah. dotted grid paper. But you can journal on the blank piece of paper on the other side without actually marking around the text itself. If right. that's something like that would give you an extra step to take without having to mm-hmm. feel like you're, you know, doing all that. On that note, um, if you go the digital route with a lot of this, mm-hmm. it probably falls somewhere in the middle um, of that spectrum because you can highlight things and attach notes to things. Yes. I think with platforms like version, you have to create an account, but I'm sure that's not the only route either. Yeah, that's a great point. So I'm a Logos Bible software user. Mm-hmm. That is an expensive professional <laughs> tool um, that uh, if you really want to get into deep into Bible study, I mean, you can buy it. Obviously, it's open to anyone who wants mm-hmm. it. But if I'm not mistaken, they have a free version that's really basic. Like you just get some Bible translations. But what is cool about it is you get the note functionality with uh. it. So it has a pretty robust way of building notebooks if you want to do the digital oh, route. Wow. And it's the same kind of thing. You can highlight. It's got a whole system of highlighters. If you're into the inductive Bible study method, it will take the actual markings that they ask you to use in the inductive method and it will let you use those. Oh, wow. So you have things like that, yeah, like that are really cool, very helpful, and you can go that route as well. So if you, let's say, want to go the, the physical route and you're trying to figure out how to use that precious real estate, you know, <laughs> want to use that well, uh, how should we go about doing this? Well, there are a number of ways. <laughs> Obviously, it's not like we're limited to one. There's one way. Yeah, there is. this is no new law I'm commanding you. <laughs> Um, you could probably do a Google search, honestly, and get a lot of help sure. in this area. I'm sure there are a lot of different systems out there because people have been doing this for a long time. Um, Jonathan Edwards was one of the most robust really? people who did this. Something yeah, that does not surprise me. Yeah, he uh, he and he created something for himself. He called the Blank Bible, which back then they didn't have scripture journals like we do. So he took a Bible and then a giant blank notebook and sent it off to like a. Um, what would you call those people? Bookmaker. Booksmith. Yeah, I was going to call it a booksmith. <laughs> I don't know. I really, really but, like um, that. But he, like, basically what this guy did was he sewed these two books together Whoa. so that he would have them, like, together at any given time. That, at the moment you decide, um, no, I cannot have two books. <laughs> they must be constructed into one. Yeah, that's... You've reached a level. He he did. And he did. He did. So all that being said, you could probably do a a Google search on this and find some helpful advice. But I thought I would share what I do because, well, I'm I'm one of your pastors and (laughs) most of you who listen are at the church. So that just seems like something we would do. So here's what I do to help me make and track insights, thoughts, questions, and so on. And I do borrow a fair number of this from a guy named Matthew Everhart. So he's he's been helpful to me in this regard. And he's well worth looking into if you're really interested in this. So I have a go-to Bible. Mm-hmm. It is a goatskin leather ESV heirloom Bible. Wow, that's like four adjectives. It is. Um, it is not the cheapest Bible in the world. <laughs> I will I will tell you that. Um, it's not like one of these, you know, $30 thin line Bibles. Uh, this is meant to last. Yeah. The idea for me is that it'll basically last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least it'll last long enough that I can hand it down to my progeny, to my children, and then they can hand it down to their children, et cetera, so on. I mean, it would kind of become a... Um, well, I don't feel like is in the title. Yeah, it is. And I don't want to... I feel like family Bible doesn't quite communicate hmm. what I'm looking for there because I feel like, oh, yeah, we have a family Bible. It's just an old Bible that's been in the family. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is, you know, that's awesome. That's great. But like, this is a... Um, 
I don't know. I want it to kind of be a record of, yeah, you know. I'm trying to think of like the term, like uh, the terminology of uh, that's maybe different than the word heirloom. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that, that would be. But I kind of get you, you, what you're, what you're yeah. getting at. So it's a nice Bible is the point. It does have wide margins precisely mm-hmm. for marking and journaling. It was meant to do that. Mm-hmm. They, they designed it with that in mind. So that's the first thing is you want to get a Bible, like if you want to do this, that is meant for that. Because yeah. if you get the basic thin line Bibles, like you're gonna have trouble. yeah, and they're nice Bibles, but you're not going to have any room to write or underline or put, a, you know, it's going to be really limited. So you want to find a good Bible. And then when I'm writing, so to come back to your point, so that I'm not writing things that I'm like, man, like, why did, why did I write that down? <laughs> um, I'm trying to jot down little insights and questions in the margins that will help me understand particularly difficult passages or make connections to Christ or cross references to other passages. Basically, I'm writing down things that aren't obvious is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So if a, you know, a passage says, you know, like if, if Paul says, therefore we are justified by faith, I do not need to write in the margins. We're justified by faith alone. <laughs> That is a, you, right. that's a waste of space. Like Paul just said that, mm-hmm. you know? Now, if I'm trying to link that somehow to a proof of the doctrine of sola fide, if you want to go back to our sola yeah. podcast, I might make a little annotation to remember like, oh, just so I can glance down the page and say, oh, here's a passage on sola fide, right? right? That kind of a thing. But let me pull another more robust example. I was recently reading Psalm 17, short little Psalm, and uh, verses 13 through 15, they're a bit odd. Let me just read them to you so you can understand where I'm coming from on this. They say, arise, O Lord, confront him. He's talking about a wicked man. Confront him, subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Hmm. Now, on a first read through, I was a bit stuck on those. those are, it's just kind of weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like save me from the wicked. You fill his. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's tone shifting. Yeah. It's on. like really dramatic. Like, whoa, like the logical connections are not immediately clear to me. Anyway, maybe someone else is reading this like, Josiah, you idiot. Like I got <laughs> that like in five seconds. But when I was reading it in the morning, I was kind of like, okay, like what is happening here? Hmm. And so I was thinking through it. And I could see a hinge between the wicked have their portion in this life and then David saying, you know, you give them a bun, you know, you fill their, their lives, you mm-hmm. give them this abundance. I could see a hinge there, but it was only after thinking on it a bit longer and comparing it to verse 15 that I started figuring, ah, oh, the psalmist must be saying that this world is the most of heaven the wicked will receive, whereas he will get heaven forever. Even if the wicked get all these good things in this life, that's the best they're going to get. So that's a consolation to me and a warning to them. And so what I did, so that when I come back to those verses again next year or some other time, I bracketed them and I just wrote the little note, this world is the most of heaven the wicked receive. That will help me again later if I come back to them. I'm like, wait, what's the logical connection here? Oh, okay, that seems to be the logical connection. And then further, you know, you realize, oh, that's a gracious act of God to do that to willfully wicked people. Like, it also highlights his grace. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he's saying, like, these are wicked people who deserve. And yet they still... And he's even saying, like, Lord, you give them. Yeah, you give that to them, Lord. Like, that is that is grace uh, unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, the word grace sometimes connotates, uh, you know, images of salvation, which obviously he's not saying right. here, but he is saying there's just like this common providence and kindness on God's behalf to do this. And so like, those are the kinds of things that like, oh yeah, like just jot that down, mm-hmm. a little, little note, you know what I mean? Well, when you're doing this, is that your primary focus to make shorthand for yourself so that when you come back, 
sometime later, your previous findings are like right there to clarify it for you. Mm -hmm. Or, because you mentioned this kind of before, I was wondering if you're ever led to to make notes thinking, oh, you know, I want to give Abigail a leg up (laughs) on understanding this in like 7, 10, 18 years time. Yeah, so that's a little bit in my mind mm-hmm. um i'm gonna get to her here in a little bit because okay. i have a different thing for her but i do i have like a system of symbols as well like yeah. um that you cannot interpret unless you have my symbol <laughs> key like you will not know what they mean <laughs> so cool. but as long as you have that key like abigail could look at that key and understand okay here's yeah. what he's saying and that right. part of that is like if anyone picked up this bible they would know basically how i'm interpreting and understanding okay like difficult passages and stuff like that so yes i guess that's the short answer to your question is yes mm-hmm. in a way of speaking but i'll come back to abby here in a minute because i do have something nah. different for her so let me say something about longer form thoughts because i i'm sure we've occasionally come to passages where we're like oh man like i have a lot of thoughts on that yeah. like, you know what i mean like lots of things like questions mm-hmm. and and statements and all these things so when i do want to develop a longer thought that won't fit in the margins of my bible I have a little system. So, for example, I was reading Genesis at the beginning of the year, and I had some additional thoughts on the creation account and how it is illustrative of the way that God continues to recreate us as human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And Paul even makes that link. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 that God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the gospel. So, I was like, I had that verse in my head, and I was like, well, wait a minute. That means that there's correlation between what is happening in the creation account and what happens to us sure, yeah, when yeah, God, yeah. you know, uh-huh. all these things. Anyway, that was, there was a lot of thoughts on that. You know, obviously <laughs> that's not a simple, you know. So what I did was I had my Bible open and above Genesis 1, I wrote M007. And then I had another notebook open and I dated it, uh, put Genesis 1 in it and then put M007. Seven, and then I wrote out all my thoughts. And so what I've created there is a it's a cross reference system of journals that I can like I read Genesis one, you know, or someone else reads Genesis one when yeah. I'm dead and gone. <laughs> and like, oh, he wrote he wrote a long note on this because they'll understand, you know. Hopefully they'll be like M zero seven. What does that mean? Oh, he's got these notebooks that are cataloged, yes. you know, like M zero zero one through one hundred or whatever. And then they can go to that notebook and see. Oh, here was a longer form thought. I I really really like that like the idea of having a systematized catalog that you can build on and i mean the way the way i imagine it it is also like visually pleasing like, yeah. seeing, like seeing rows of a bookshelf with matching spines and markers that like delineate sections of the system like i find that very satisfying to imagine yes yes no one asked for this but like one dream of mine is that one day i can have someone build me a desk yeah. a specific desk that is built so that i can have all of this stuff at that desk that's cool and um you know, that's just a little little dream of mine that Jonathan Edwards inspired as well. Yeah. Because yeah. he did that. <laughs> so now I understand that all may seem intense. Like that's a lot. Like if you were just like, I want to get started and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. We got like cross-reference journal systems and like all this stuff. So if you don't want to jump into the deep end right away, which I understand, here's another practice that I incorporate that you can start basically right away. You can get a good set of colored pens. And I personally recommend Pigma Micron pens for this purpose. <laughs> I I love that you can also make a recommendation from experience. Oh, yes. I've I've tried. (laughs) Listen, a little hobby. I've tried many, many different types of pens. I love pens. Pencils. 
Mm-hmm. Don't use pencils. They will tear your paper. Don't yeah. ever use pencils on oh. your on your Bible. Don't do that. If you actually get a sharp point, it'll just, it tears. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's true. So the Pigma Micron pens, it's like archive quality ink, so mm-hmm. it doesn't fade. Mm-hmm. You can get like just, just fine point enough, but not so fine that you can actually, you know, read what you've written. Mm-hmm. Oh, great pens, great <laughs> pens, Pigma Microns. So you get a good set of those colored pens and you start underlining and color coding certain verses. Okay. So for example, you can underline any promises you identify with the color blue, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or you can underline any reference to Christ in purple. You can underline any command with red, so on and so forth. You can do it however you want. The key is to be consistent with what you do. All right. So like... I would honestly recommend you don't need a whole key of symbols or anything, but like have a way of tracking. All right, I'm going to use this color for this. I'm going to use this color for this. I'm going to use this color for this. So that way you can be consistent with it and know what's what's going on. And so here's I'll circle back as we wrap this up um, to what I'm doing for Abigail. So if you're a parent, this might be something that you want to at least think about and ponder. For Abby, what I'm actually doing is I bought a journaling Bible for her. It wasn't a goatskin heirloom, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But the uh, Crossway, the guys who publish the ESV Bibles, mm-hmm. um, they have this, it's a hardback journaling Bible. Okay. Obviously, it's got margins and space in the Bible for journaling. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm doing is very slowly, I'm working my way through that Bible and I'm writing devotional insights for her mm-hmm. from me. Mm-hmm. So my idea of that is I'm not primarily writing exegetical notes or things like that, things that she could get in a study Bible or okay. things that she could get if she really wanted to by looking at my Bible. Right. I'm writing things that like only I could write to her, yeah. like things that only her dad would say to her. Right. Things like I'm writing prayers for her. Or I'm like trying to draw home application points that I think will be helpful for her when she's growing up. The idea is, again, these are things that a father would say to his child. Yeah. And uh, making that unique and special for her. And so the idea then is that she'll have a whole Bible commentary from me. It's going to take me, on the current plan I have, it will take me 18 years oh, wow. to do that. Because my idea is I want to do it slowly. It's like I don't want to be like rampaging through. Right. And, um, and it's the whole Bible, which is a big book. So what I do is I take little chunks. Typically, I take five days a month and... With um, we've talked about this Bible reading plan before countless times, but like the Discipleship Journal Bible reading plan is the mm-hmm. one I use. Mm-hmm. It's five grace days built into it, typically each month. So there's grace days. Oh, I okay. do the journal Bible for her. And uh, God willing, if we have more children sometime in the future, I will do the same for them, or at least that's what I'm going to try to do. But I think that's something like that's, the scriptures are are full of these exhortations to parents. And I, I realize I'm talking to a very specific mm-hmm. audience now, but parents to raise your children up in the instruction and admonition of the Lord. You know, talk about these words when you sit and when you rise and where you go. And so I, I take this as one of those, an opportunity to do that for her. Yeah. Hopefully it, it becomes something special for her. And when she turns 18, I will give that to her mm-hmm. as she, you know, prepares to go out into the world to do whatever it is she's going to do. So all that said, I heartily commend this practice to you. If it is something that you've not done, give it a try. Yeah. Do what you think. So yeah. Sounds good. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Thinking about Forrest Gump recently, so and have uh, to... back on the uh, connections. Yep, we there made. we go. Yes, that's it. So, thank you as always for listening. If you have any questions about this practice, or you want to talk about it more and nerd out with it, you know, with me, with I like you, nerding I, out on that. I yeah, you know what I mean. You're, the, you're an avid fan. <laughs> I am an avid fan. Uh, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net, or you can interact with us on social media. And uh, if you found this helpful, you know, and you want to share the love. You want to help other people yeah. discover the joys of marking yeah. in their Bibles? Uh, you can leave us an honest five-star review. Or uh, sh- uh, share it with a friend yeah, who uh, with a friend. you have debates with <laughs> over marking. 
Like, hey. This is often frequently happening between people. These are the things we're debating in these days and age. Oh. Oh, well, thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.